Hey everybody, Greg Shibley here. This is Shine on Lemon Grove. Today I am all by my lonesome. Leanne and I have been having some challenges getting our schedules coordinated, but really I just have an interview to play for you today that I recorded it was like over a week ago now, I think. So, and that's like a 20 minute interview. So that's going to be the episode today. I just wanted to get this out. The interview you'll hear is with Joshua Andrus. He is a Lemon Grove resident. He lives right here in Lemon Grove and he writes children's books. One of which, the one that we talk the most about is called Thriving During COVID and Beyond. And that's available on Amazon. But he actually also mentions in the interview a way to get a free copy of it, which is nice. He also, he does, he's involved with, with, with a lot of things. He has an organization that works with parents, children, and technology. Fascinating guy. And he also has some pretty compelling personal stories as well, which I will not spoil that. You'll just have to listen to the interview. And I really enjoyed talking with him. Okay, so let's get to the interview. Oh, first, uh, if uh, for anyone who is following my school board campaign, I just got a bunch more yard signs in. If anybody wants a yard sign for your yard or on your fence or whatever, just uh, reach out, get hold of me. I'll swing by and drop one off to you. Okay, let's get to this interview with Josh Andrus. I really enjoy talking with him, and I hope you enjoy listening to our conversation. Josh Andrus is author of a number of children's books, and he lives right here in Lemon Grove. One of his earliest books was, or I should say is, Thriving During COVID and Beyond. Welcome, Josh. Thanks for talking with me. Thanks, Greg. So now, have you always been a writer? Have you always written kids' books? How did you get into this? So I got into it because my own own kids. I, um, I'm actually somebody that works in the field of addiction. I've worked uh, with the government without uh, getting into the specifics. We're not allowed to do that without running it by our public affairs office, but with, uh, with addictions with active duty for a long time, but then um, seeing a lot of similarities with that and, and tech and electronic addictions and, and trying and failing and trying and succeeding and, and kind of getting it all wrong and then trying to put it all together and get it all right with my own kids. Um, I started writing kids' books specifically about electronic, uh, you know, the devices ruling us instead of us ruling them. So, yeah, that's uh, it's been a pursuit recently. I kind of went through some school classes as well to uh, help me pursue that. So how does that make its way into becoming a, an author of children's books? Well, you know, that's a, that's a really good question. And I, I think the big reason is, is because the younger generation, these uh, kids that are in, in elementary school, for example, they're still moldable. They they haven't set themselves in kind of these paths of, of uh, you know, this is what my routine looks like with electronics. And and further, I think they're even more apt to develop like empathy and some of the things that get missed out on if electronics take over what like an old school sitting down with a parent and reading a book would look like. That's kind of why, you know, with the most amount of influence as well as my heart being there with my own kids, that's part of the reason why I decided to do some kids' books as almost the initial intervention. As as a parent myself of two young children, I can I can really appreciate that. Um, okay, so you came to me, or you came to my attention, I should say, because of, I mean, I know you've written a number of books, but um, the one that 
that I was made aware of was Thriving During COVID and Beyond. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. So I, I broke away from my main reason for doing the books uh, because we were going through, we were going through this time. Of, it was uh, February, March that I started kind of brewing up this idea, and it, it was basically there was so many people that were so confused by this this uh, pandemic, this uh, this flu that's gotten out of hand that's really and, and causing a lot of problems. And I thought, man, if parents are talking about different opinions and different discussions. I can't even imagine what our kids are thinking listening in. And, you know, it's darn near impossible to screen them from, uh, you know, from false sources or somebody's opinion versus what is reality. And, and so clear back before we started to be required to wear masks anywhere, I started thinking, well, you know, we might need to, to realize that, number one, this is going to be a, a sentinel event that our kids are going to measure their lives after where they had a pre-COVID type of way of living and a post-COVID you know, kind of new way of, of patterning different behaviors, um, the, the masks, for example, but also online schooling and stuff. And I thought, you know, if we could really kind of get in front of this and, and give the kids a little bit more of a, a positive framing and look at kind of the things they're grateful for, as well as some things they can learn and take from this, then it's really a way to, you know, kind of put a, put a good uh, positive vibe over a, a pretty significant and serious event for them. And if they kind of get that pattern down, they can be better prepared for being more resilient for other big events that they might face in the future. And you were on this back in, what'd you say, February, March? You were really early on with this. Yeah, I, I tend to see things a little earlier. I um, that That's just kind of one of the things maybe that's a passion for me is just kind of seeing what might result. But yeah, I, was, I actually uh, worked with my illustrator to and my editor to, to do this back uh, 12th. I looked just yesterday to see but we had it published uh, on Amazon. Well, we were fighting Amazon at first because it was so early on that Amazon wouldn't publish anything with COVID in the title. So yeah, no it was kidding. Early. Wait, is that right? Why? Why is that? That's interesting. Well, you know, it, you know, CDC is the the place to look to for any resources, and I I assure that anybody that reads this book, there's not going to be anything that's off of the. You know, I, I made sure that it wasn't anything for advice so much as just kind of this is what's happened and this is how we can do it, but. I think they were just really careful about making sure that uh, if somebody's putting out information, it wasn't information that could have been harmful if it was, you know, inaccurate or incorrect. I, I don't fault them for it, but it was sure like one of those obstacles that I had to overcome. And uh, we kind of did some tricky things in order to still fit it into a couple of book like combos. But uh, then it got uh, approved. But yeah, it was it was interesting uh, to get those denials. Uh, from Amazon, you know, self-publishing, you usually don't get those uh, for the content, but we we kept on running into denials. And and so it was a little disheartening for a while there. But it sounds like maybe they were almost being overly cautious to sort of overcorrect for any disinformation that somebody might try to get out there. Is, is, is that kind yeah. of the impression that you got? Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I got. I think, you know, it, it, they far be it for them to get sued for putting out bad information. And I think that that really, you know, I kind of, I had to relate to them and saying that, hey, look, I, I really understand what you guys are trying to do here. But there's really, you know, with a company that big, there's really no way to like test that. It's like, all right, you guys denied it. Let's go around the obstacle because there's no way going through and communicating with you guys. This is what's the purpose. You know, this is a, you know, I work in therapy. So cognitive behavioral reframe for our kids and, and uh, you're kind of inhibiting this good what I feel a really good document from getting out there, a good book, from, you know, being able to be seen. 
Well, I'm glad you did get it out there, however you managed to do it. What ages are 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 meant for this book? <laughs> it's kind of hard for me to tell because my kids get a kick out of it. Um, but it, and they're they're actually teens and uh, pre uh, tween. But I have it. I have it basically set from six until twelve, and and you know that's because it has the coloring pages with the earlier kids. Um, my usher is really good to you know make sure that there's some coloring pages at the back of the printed books on a lot of our our titles. But but the other side is is that it is in rhyme, and so you know trying to keep it kind of somewhat simple. But the other side of that is is because it is in rhyme. You know I still pick up uh, all the places you'll go by Dr. Seuss, and I enjoy that you know on a regular basis as well. So. I think uh, six to twelve, but really intended for parents to read to their kids. And and some of the the lessons that come from writing a book like this and putting myself in the shoes of a kid that age, I think are applicable beyond just that age group. But um, they're kind of you know it surprises me sometimes as I start to write it as it comes together with the images that that we get uh, you know produce and stuff. There's some pretty good lessons in 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 the mix of a lot of them. What what are you hoping that that kids take from this? You know, uh, number one, that they, they have survived something that's been pretty life altering. Uh, number two, that they could look at, you know, some of the lessons in there is looking to be appreciative of some of the people that we might've looked past as heroes. Like I mentioned truck drivers or a plumber that came in to unplug a sink, when, you know, no service was really hard, you know, service is hard to find. Um, looking forward to, to careers like, you know, a scientist that would come up with inoculations for these kind of things. I'm really hoping that, that kids see this as an opportunity to see, again, those advantages. I, I really think that, you know, there's a tendency to give up because of external forces and factors. And, and I think at the same time, that same uh, adversity could actually cause a strength to be made. And, and that's... Um, and asking for help, that's one of the, the takeaways as well. So, And then the other thing is, is that they're fully adaptable to be able to be learning online. I don't know if the schools were ready for it, but the kids are. I mean, that, that's what they use. And so, you know, to see that, uh, there is a couple lines in there that still comes back to my main purpose, and that's to overcome electronics and use, use them for intentional purposes. So, you know, that's where the, the whole purpose of this is it's distance learning. And so, you know, they, I hope they look for the way that they can adapt and overcome. And also they're stronger as a result of surviving this. And so how has the reception been? I, it, it's been real positive. I think for me, uh, it's been enjoyable to production. I went on to do a lot more and I was teleworking. I haven't had a chance to get as many people to read it. But there's been some people that have been really excited about the the, uh, the book title. Um, the kids, I had a, I had one of our neighbors that was just reading it to, you know, another fellow Lemon Grover. He was, uh, he's reading it to his sister and his brother and, and mom took a picture and sent it over to me. And, and he, you know, he's, he's actually turning 12 here pretty quick. Uh, Patrick and, and, you know, Cadence and, and Mason were sitting there and doing that. And, and it's because it's entertaining, but I think that's for me the big thing is is my par- the, the parents that read the book will back with me, you know, the hike one with hiking Cal's Mountain, and, and they'll get back and take pictures and say, hey, look, we got out as a result of your book, or you know, not just leaving this as a as a a book that a kid gains awareness, but taking some action with that. You know, one of the lines in the book is that you know we can hang out with our family and you know, and we can still give each other hugs and. And then it leads into where little older brothers teaching little sister how to throw a baseball or then jumping on the trampoline. And that's, that's taken directly from 
my own kids, uh, him teaching his little sister how to swim. That's, you know, this is, these are books that hopefully level that the kids kind of see them as ways to actually implement. It's not just intended to be an entertaining book, but an entertaining book. You know, I've heard some people make some, some observations about, you know, I guess um, if you're looking for any kind of silver linings about the current situation, one of them might be that it has been a reminder for a lot of people of the important things and getting back to basics and cherishing and nurturing those those very close personal relationships that we have and appreciating things like one sibling teaching another how to throw a ball or swim or something like that. And it sounds like you've you've really encapsulated that. Yeah, I I think our kids can teach us so much, um, but I think you're absolutely right. I think uh, I'm actually currently quarantined, and and I have a list of things as I'm doing some some work on myself, working on some of the projects. I have a list in the back of that notebook that writes on the things that I'm going to do when I get out of it, like quarantine, um, that I, I you know I enjoy, but I'll enjoy so much more. And I you know I had been enjoying them right before, but there's a couple of things on that list that I haven't done that I was intending to, and now that I'm kind of you know trapped in the room this year for for what it's worth, I've seen more sunsets. I've appreciated more time, you know, connecting. And I think that's absolutely along with what you're saying. So you say that you're quarantined. Is that because you have contracted the virus yourself? Yeah. So I have. um, I've been extended amounts of time around somebody that has COVID positive. I went, unfortunately, to a testing site that still hasn't gotten back with me as soon as I had heard that they were positive. And this is now um, over seven days out. So where they got one back in 24 hours, mine has now taken over seven days. And it was, you know, close quarters for an extended amount of time on a couple of days. And then the next day, the day that I had the test, I had some symptoms. And so, you know, I work at a clinic, I have patients and uh, our, our clinic policy as a result of that is just to to uh, go home for 10 days if you don't have a positive test, you're, you're symptom-free before coming. If you have a positive test, it's 14, and, you know, that's just, you know, being responsible. Um, if you don't mind me asking, and, you know, you can share as much or as little as you like, but um, how are you feeling? How have you been getting on? You know, I, I come into the the infection or the, you know, the virus or whatever in, in pretty good uh, condition. So. Uh, one of my other passions is helping people live a longer life um, through healthy living practices. I had been taking zinc and vitamin C and all these other things to keep the immune system up, and I don't know that that's, that's discussed enough. Um, I certainly didn't get into the immunity in the book, uh, but I did talk about mom taking a break to do some yoga and meditation to kind of make sure she was recharged through this process, the, you know, the mom and the stories. But for me, I, I, I've been doing okay. I, I have certain times where I feel pretty run down by the evening, and then in the morning time, uh, I have a practice that I, you know, make sure that I have zinc and vitamin C all night long. It's um, almost like a time release. In the morning, I feel pretty recouped. Um, by the evening, I feel pretty ran down. I, uh, I do, unfortunately, the friend that I have has a friend that uh, is in the hospital uh, in Utah. They had went to a, like, they went on an outing, and, and 12 of them had ended up contracting it, and Mm. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's quite a story, but, uh, one of them is actually in the hospital having ran 106 degree temperature, 
uh, was what was reported. And then I, I had seen a video of him. He's got the oxygen tubes and, and seems pretty rough. But, you know, he's an avid hiker. It's not like he hadn't been in, you know, higher, lower elevations. His lungs were pretty good shape. Um, so it's a little bit surprising, you know, um, maybe just ran himself a little bit down during the, uh, the outing and stuff like that. And so, yeah, you know, I find that as being one of the scariest things or most unsettling things about this virus is its variability and its unpredictability. You know, I mean, we can say certain demographics are at more of a risk than others, but sometimes you can take two people who are, you know, of comparable age and background and health, and they both get the virus, and one of them has virtually no problems, and the other one ends up on a ventilator. And there often doesn't really seem to be an explanation why it goes one way or the other. Yeah, you're you're hitting the nail on the head, in my opinion, as well. And the other side is that take me, for example, as a high immunity, I could be walking around infecting people because I don't be impacted, you know, and and we thought this would be done by this. You know, I thought it would be done by the summertime. So just the spreadability and what you're saying with the variability. Yeah. Well, I uh, I wish you the best on that. I, I it sounds like you're sounds like you're doing all the right stuff and taking care of yourself. So I I hope all that works out for you. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to ask you about one other thing. Um, just in our brief correspondence, uh, you mentioned something before about, um, I know this is related to the main thrust of a lot of your writings, um, it, but it was something you sent me uh, that was about parents overcoming electronics. That was the name of it. Is that a, in a separate organization or what? what is that exactly? Parents overcoming electronics. It's it's the movement that I'm about. So it's actually right now, if you go to parentsovercomingelectronics.com, your listeners can get um, a book about kids staying up too late and the COVID book for free as a download. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's set up and, and in process. Um, but what it really is for me is, is that, you know, after all this time talking about doing something, I started taking action and doing what I have as a talent, and that's writing and, and combining the talent of my illustrator, which is art. But in addition to that, so many parents are so much wiser than me as one parent. And so it's really there as a Facebook group, for example, or as a movement for people to be able to, you know, contribute as well. And so, you know, I, I, it's organic and it's going to grow and, and, and it's about giving value to other parents. And so, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting for me because, you know, it takes on the acronym POE, which is, a Edgar, you know, if you look at authors, Edgar Allan Poe, and I, I start this as an author, this organization. So it's grassroots and it's, it's um, you know, there's 34 members in the group right now, but, uh, you know, it's, it's something that's just very, you know, very new and it's kind of combining a lot of the different efforts and the directions that this, this project will go. Poe also, by the way, was my son's favorite Teletubby. So, no. there's that. <laughs> wow, that's full circle, isn't it? Not, not, <laughs> not quite as highbrow as Edgar Allan, but um, a Poe nonetheless. Well, it's certainly entertaining. Uh, that, is, that is so funny. <laughs> so, uh, Josh, I really appreciate um, this conversation. Um, I'm glad we got to connect and you can tell us all about this. For everyone out there, remember, Josh is a fellow Lemon Grover. He lives right here and he's, he's, he's writing books and has his parents overcoming electronics and everything it seems that you're putting out there is positive and supportive of people and very timely. 
as well. So I appreciate that. Any plans for the future, Josh? Are you are you planning on writing more books? Are you planning on writing things for other age groups? Um, what's next for you? Yeah, you know, I, I've actually committed to a twelve book series for this uh, for this age group. Uh, I'm glad that you asked that because, you know, in addition to COVID causing a lot of parents and kids to have to stay indoors, you can imagine that if there's some triggering of an addiction, um, the need is only going to get any you know further. And so I plan on stepping up as a as an ex- subject matter expert, having done addiction therapy for over twenty years now. And kind of help them to give more resources so parents can identify the situation early and, and intervene. And so I think that's probably after we get through with the 12th book, uh, the direction. Um, you know, I, I there's just so much to be done here and so little uh, so little being explored. So I really am glad you asked that. I, I kind of looked at it this way because the early age of exposure for these addictive products or behaviors, this will actually eclipse any and all like substance addiction combined. And, uh, you know, I'm susceptible to it. Uh, adults are to social media a lot of times, to binge watching. So I really hope to, you know, come up with some of the resources that parents and kids alike can kind of identify early and, and make their own adjustments so this doesn't impact their life in such a negative way. I think it's pretty clear that 50 years from now, people are going to be looking back at this time as being such a crucial moment in human history and are really going to be studying, you know, who was doing what, what messages were being given, what information do people have and what were they doing with it um, and how the decisions that people are making now really setting a new course in human history, I think. And it seems that your books and your work are very much a part of that and on the good end of it as well. So thank you for all that, Josh. Make sure you check in with us when you, you know, with all of your new endeavors. I really appreciate that. Boy, I really appreciate your vision of how things will will look in the future, too. And that will keep fueling me and keep me going when we're doing this grassroots. I really appreciate the time, Greg. I wish you the best professionally and personally. Stay well, Josh. Thank you.